0: let's get back to you better you bet presented by Bet mgm on the betql network
1: welcome back you better you bet pj glasser and ken barkley here with you wrapping up our number two of you better you bet talking some baseball futures here looking at the national league rookie of the year market where corbin carroll is your favorite at minus 300 Ellie de, Ellie de la cruz at plus 275, and then you have a bunch of long shots after that, Matt McClain, Kodai Sanga, Francisco Alvarez, Spencer Steer, to name a few, anywhere from the 40-to-1 to 50-to-1 to range. But Ken, we were having a great conversation, and you really, I mean, you painted a great picture of, like, how far ahead Corbin Carroll really is, and if he can just stay healthy. Like, it's really going to be tough for him to lose this award. I just want to know though like at, at what point do you really start thinking this gets interesting like it, it, is it when the war is it when the war numbers like start to close a little bit like if Ellie really takes a big jump the second half of the season and maybe say that Corbin remains you know a, a four type war guy and then Ellie gets all the way up to a 3 like, at that point, do you really think that this market starts to get interesting at all? Yeah, I think
0: this is an award where, like, it's not done. Like, it's not a wrap, right? If Otani doesn't get traded, that award's a wrap, almost. Like, we're really, like, just close to, like, it's just actually done already. And it's probably the only one that's like that. is really far ahead, but it's not done yet. And, uh, like, Mookie Betts could still conceivably win, maybe somebody else. But, like, you know, it's not over. And in this is like so this is this isn't that it's not done because carol can get hurt too which we already saw just like if you play it out all the ways it can play out the rest of the year like i think what you have to ask yourself is like is this really the one that's not going to go the way they always go just because ellie's so cool Like just because that's what it is, and the Reds win. Let's say if the Reds win the division, it's a phenomenal story. I want, I have money on them to win it. I want them to win the division. We did it. We did three hours on the NL Central like three weeks ago, and I want them to win. And I, I watch their games every day. I don't like baseball, and I watch the Reds, which I think. And actually, I think a lot of people are in the same boat. I see a lot of people tweeting all the time, like I don't like. Watch a lot of games, but Ellie De La Cruz is awesome. I want to watch this team, so like I'm rooting for them. I want them. I want them to make the playoffs. I want them to beat the Brewers, who are kind of like a boring team, to be honest. Um, so if it plays out where just Carol and Ellie play every game, or you know, close to every game, the rest of the season, just to put this in perspective, so Carol's average war right now across the two calculations is a three eight. Ellie's uh, war across the two calculations is a one one. And just to put that in perspective, be like, well, I don't understand what those numbers mean. Okay, if Ellie played exactly the... And remember how Ellie's... This is like, people are going to be like, well, it could be better. Ellie is having the greatest first 30 games anyone's basically ever had in the history of baseball. If he does that for the whole rest of the season, plays every available game, they have 71 mm-hmm. left, plays all 71, and accumulates war at the same rate, at the end of the year, he will be less than Corbin Carroll. And that's if Carroll doesn't play. If Carol stopped playing right now, like Carol's out for the rest of the season and Ellie plays the 71 games remaining at the same clip, he still doesn't get there. Do you know how stupidly ahead Carol is right now? (laughs) Like, that's how stupid it is. Carol can stop, Carol can put the bat down and he'd have the highest war, probably. He could keep bunning every game. That's If he bunted every game, he definitely wins. I just, it's, uh, it's just, so obviously it doesn't have to play out that way. And if Ellie got... This is going to be the second way it plays. So, like, if it plays out where they both play, I think I've done a pretty good job illustrating that Carol's really far ahead. Now, Carol can play way worse. War doesn't go in one direction. Uh, Ellie could play at an even higher level, but I think that's the least likely thing that's going to happen. If anything, he just keeps doing this. And if he keeps doing this, maybe he becomes, like, a four-win player, but it's probably less. And... Carol like okay he could play worse but like hasn't happened yet what is the what are the signs that it's going to happen you would want to see some to think that's going to happen the case for Ellie or anyone else is Carol stops playing baseball as fast as possible or plays way worse and your guy whoever you like plays way better that's in play I will say the though it sounds like I'm all anti Ellie and all pro Carol I'll give you one thing and I think you already brought it up if it's close And I mean like, God, half a win even, which is not close, but like if it's even that close, that's where I think the idea that these are voters and narrative and all of these things, if you can make it kind of close... I think Ellie actually wins like a lot of tiebreakers because he is a really likable player and because the reds are such an incredible story. But I think that's the only way that stuff comes in the, like, it's got, you have to give voters like a, it's almost like you got to give them a reason to do it and not face extreme backlash. <laughs> like, like they can't mm-hmm. just do it when he's three wins behind be like, well, wait a minute. Like that's completely antith- antithetical to like how the award works. And these are like baseball voters. They care a lot about history. If they play all the rest of the way, like the season isn't about Ellie De La Cruz, you know, at the exclusion of Corbin Carroll. It's about how awesome they both are. And Carroll played the whole year and Ellie didn't. And that's why he's going to win. So like, I just, the, the one thing that Ellie has going for him is if he can make it close, I do think he wins like any tiebreaker remote, even close. Even if he comes in second, but it's a quarter of a win or a half win behind. I think that's where like the Ellie factor, if you like put a stupid label on it. I think that's where like his success and, all the like aff- affection that he and his team have garnered and everything. I think that's where that would come into play.
1: Any, any chance you're taking a long shot at all. Anybody not named Corbin Carroll, Ellie De La Cruz, would they be <laughs> worth any kind of sprinkle in well, your I did, eyes at all? I have,
0: uh, we, this is, this has been like the official you better you bet, uh, guy for like a month. And I, I wouldn't bet him anymore just cause like, I don't think there's a reason to like things haven't transpired in a way that's awesome for this bet. Uh, You could still bet it and be okay. So let's play out the same exercise again. Right. PJ. So I, I just did the, like if everyone accumulates war and I'm, I'm not saying that everyone will accumulate war at the same rate, but you have enough now where like, okay. Like you can start to think about it that way. Like we have, you know, Corbin Carroll's played 86 games. Like, we can start to be like, is this the baseline? Is it a little worse than this? You can kind of have a range for how a guy's going to finish. And if you just have the, if everybody just does exactly what they're doing right now, so Ellie's the greatest thing of all time, Carol's a top 10 player in the league, all of the other prospects play at their same rates, if that happens the rest of the year, then you would come up with the following final war projections. Carol would be almost exactly a seven-win player. He would win going away. He would be more than two wins ahead of the next rookie, by the way. Even if Ellie does exactly what he's doing the rest of the year, Carroll has to do exactly what he's doing too, which is to be awesome. But if they both keep doing it, Carroll's way ahead. The second uh, place finisher in war would be Patrick Bailey from the Giants. He would be about a five-win player if he kept doing what he was doing. Uh, And he was my long shot through the first 20, 30 games of this. Now he's played 40 games he's really really good <laughs> he's just not these two guys but he projects right now to have a better season than ellie de la cruz by like a pretty good margin and i don't think anybody i don't even know if anybody cares definitely nobody's talking about it that way but because he plays catcher and he's maybe one of the best defensive catchers in all baseball he's going to be able to accumulate more at a really high rate in addition to being over a 300 hitter i think still right now so um You know, if it's like, all right, if it's not Carolyn, it's not Ellie. Who is it now? Matt McClain projects really similarly to Bailey. The problem is Ellie's on his team. Now talk about what voters are going to do. They're going to get a ballot. They're going to vote for that guy over Ellie. Really? That's what's going to happen. Like, are you serious? Like, be honest. Like, I guess if he was impossibly ahead of Ellie in projection, but like that seems more unreasonable than any of the hypotheticals we've done so far. Um, Francisco Alvarez projects a lot, way less Spencer Steer projects way less, but he's played better recently. Nobody at the pitchers. No, thanks on all of it. Senga, one of the worst bets you can make on the board right now, probably against like a three win pitcher, maybe at the end of the year. So just like, that's it. So it's kind of like Carol and Ellie. Does Carol get hurt? If he doesn't, He wins. If he plays way worse, I guess there's a tiebreaker situation that can come up. Um, I just, I feel like all I see right now from betting content and stuff is like, Ellie's a great bet. Ellie's the face of baseball. Like, look at this price. Like, he's the guy. And it's like, you could all be right. I don't have to be right. I just am like, all right, well, like, what usually decides this? And this one's always so easy. And it's always the same thing. And Ellie, like, almost can't win it if it stays the same. So if Carol gets hurt, this is so interesting. If Carol gets hurt, it's awesome. It's a free-for-all. Ellie has a huge advantage, but there are other guys that can win too. If he just keeps playing and playing at this level, like Ellie stole second, third, and home the other day, right? And it was like this viral 10 million shared clip that's like, it's awesome. Carol reached base three times in the same day. Like Ellie didn't even gain. (laughs) Like he didn't gain on him in the same day that he stole second, third, and home. So just like, really this is close not right now so i guess the lesson here is it's not nearly as close as like twitter would have you believe or social media clips or how likable and awesome one guy is versus another it's not close right now i really think it's not even remotely close but it can get close it just you haven't had that catalyst yet we thought we had it the other week when carol got hurt we haven't had it yet maybe we have it coming up
1: you have about two minutes left. Jake Hassan, I want to get your thoughts on this NL Rookie of the Year race. Corbin Carroll, Ellie De La Cruz. Where, where are you on these two guys?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's Corbin Carroll with a bullet. I just want to share my perspective of Thursday night really fast. Oh, you know, nice. tweet comes across, <laughs> Corbin Carroll's hurt. I'm like, all right, you know, I know Ken's on vacation, but I'm going to send this yeah. to him 11.07 Central it. Time. Eleven oh seven Central. I'm like, Ken's probably asleep. He'll wake up to it. Like, not a big deal. And immediately, I get a text back. I'm, I was stunned. <laughs> and it's kept like, wait, what's happening? I don't know. Like, I'm getting so many notifications right now on Twitter. Do I need to go on Twitter? And I'm like, you can. And then immediately, text after. I've had about a million espresso martinis. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> and I was like, so okay, well, it's, it's uh, the tweet. And then Jake, I go. Jake sends me Carol getting hurt. I go, I found it. I go, oh dear. That's the first thing I said to Jake is, oh dear. I go, I'm extremely blackout. Is it bad? And I spelled bad wrong and then sent it. And then we like get into a discussion basically that's a little more serious at that point. And I think I said, I love you at some point later, <laughs> but I can't find it right now. It was something else that was like really funny that I sent you. I go, things are escalating. And I said, let's get nuts was also something that I sent you. So yeah, there you go, Jake. Yeah. Eventually, uh, I, th- I believe one of the final things I was said was, Ubers have been ordered. And I said, all right, great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I did. That was totally. the end of the Because Jake needed to know that. He needed to know that ride shares were in progress for everybody to get back safely to their destination. That was really important. Oh, God, anyway, so it's Corbin Carroll. That's my stance. Yeah. yeah. There you go. I'm with you, Jake. I, got you. I love we'll mania, a little bit more.
1: I don't want to be anti Ali. Who wants to be anti Ali? That
0: guy
1: is so good. He is so good. Ellie De La Cruz, this is You Better, You Bet, P.J. Glasser, Ken Barkley, hour three on the way after the break.